Good morning, lovely people. It is Wednesday, March 1st, the most incredible month of the year. The madness is in the air, and GCU has two weeks to prove itself as a championship-caliber team, beginning with this week's road trip to Utah, where the Lopes will face Southern Utah this evening and Utah Tech on Friday. Can the Antelopes overcome their splitting tendency and give us some hope heading into the WAC tournament? Or will we be stuck saying, the Lopes is the Lopes? We are thankful you're tuning in as we enter the final week of regular season play. A new episode of Win the Whack 2.0 starts now. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes out to Blaster for three. Good! Harrison. Up high. Put back by the corner. Push back out. Harrison quickly to the clock and drives baseline. Barrel. No doubt about it. Oh, Barry, you bounced out of your seat on that. I did with a big right hand. Give the Lopes a three-point advantage. So, Zach, I experienced GCU in a completely different light on Saturday. Okay. When I visited GCU as a high school student, it was my junior year of high school. Tanner and I flew down to Phoenix for spring break, and GCU paid for our flights so that we could come and visit, you know, the whole discovery thing with the reimbursement program. Yeah. And this was back in the day where, like, it's actually funny. So, Building 16, which is like the student life building now, didn't exist. There was instead a soccer field there. And at the end of the soccer field where the actual like student life building is now, there was like a hot tub and a pool and stuff. And I remember coming to GCU and I was like, what what happened to my what happened to my favorite pool and hot tub? Oh man. But anyways, I wasn't like with my parents or anything. We just went on the Discover trip. We stayed the night in I think we were actually in Camelback Hall. <laughs> and no then and then, I mean, that was it. I, I knew Wait, that I was going Camelback? to Camelback. Camelback is the one behind Student Union. Or one of the ones behind Student oh, Union. Oh, that's, is it, uh, is it on Lopes Way? No, no, no. It's one of those ones that's shaped like a know. W. I don't even know what's going one on. Of the, one of the worst halls okay. on campus. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that was my experience visiting GCU. I don't know if you went on like a campus tour or whatever with your family, but not this an weekend, one. not an official one. I had friends who lived there, and so they showed me around, but I didn't have like a, I didn't gotcha. have an official tour. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I went with my boss and his son and his wife, and because his son, like I, I've said a couple times, he's looking at GCU, and I, I wanted to go down because you know I have a house down there and season tickets, and I was like, hey, I'll go down, I'll take you to the game. Um, the only caveat was like I was driving them around, which was fine. It was it was kind of their trip more so than mine. I got a day off work out of it, so that yeah. was pretty sweet. But so I went to the tour with them, and you know the tour was great. It was awesome. But anyways, the thing that really shocked me, they gave us th- this coupon for ten percent off at the Lope Shop, and cool. we went to the Lope Shop. And I before we even went on the tour and got the coupon or anything. I was like, I'm going to spend $200 at the Lope shop. (laughs) And so we go on the tour, tour lasts a while. We get the coupon. We also got these vouchers for food. So we went and got Chick-fil-A obviously. And then we went to GCBC and I got the, the famous mystery machine. I actually got that twice in one day, which was awesome. And it was super funny that, 
the first time I asked for one, or actually what I did was I, I listed off the ingredients to her because I didn't think they knew what a mystery machine was anymore. And so she's like, yeah. oh, that sounds like a mystery machine. And I was like, you still got that? And she's like, yeah, it's in the recipe book. I've seen it a couple times. And I was like, oh, okay. And so the second time I ordered it, I was like, can I get a mystery machine? And the girl just looked at me like, what's that? What's that? Yeah, right. And no. I was like, I-, I don't know. It's in the book, I guess, but I can tell you the ingredients. So that was pretty funny. But anyway, so we go to GCBC. And then afterwards, we decide before we leave, we're going to go to the Lope shop. And I was like, you know, I'm going to spend $200 at the Lope shop. I kid you not. We sat in line at the Lope shop for an hour and 20 minutes. There were so or like the lines, the line, dude, the line like wrapped all the way around the inside of the store. It was absurd, but I did get this nice pullover. I got another pullover and I got a polo. So, and I, and I didn't get to 200 with Mm. the coupon. I spent $190. Not bad. Not bad. So I guess, I mean, it's a good thing that I had the coupon, but I was really shooting for 200. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. That's pretty awesome. Are you ready for a questionable scenario? Yeah, let's do it. Pick one. You win a four-day, all-expenses-paid getaway to a five-star resort in St. George, Utah, and courtside tickets to both the Southern Utah and Utah Tech games. But the Lopes lose and only score 12 points in the first half of each game. (laughs) (laughs) Or... Okay. Or... The Lopes win both games by 35 points each, breaking the split merchant curse and giving us confidence heading into WAC Vegas. But you have to watch the games in a rundown dive that only serves canned natty lights and only has a 20-inch static-ridden TV. That's fine. Like, no, I it's like... I don't actually want to watch the game. <laughs> no, like, no, Zach, it's listed. You have, have to, watch to watch the game Shoot. in a rundown dive that only serves. No, no, but I mean, like, I mean, like, only has I'm, a 20 inch. I guess what I'm saying TV. is like, I will not be bothered <laughs> if I can't see it very well. <laughs> okay. Got you. Just you like <laughs> given, given the lobes, I, at this point, am willing to do anything for us to not split. <laughs> But I guess in either scenario, we're not splitting. That's true. So either maybe, way, we're splitting. We're, we're breaking take, the split master curse. I take the getaway. We don't split. We break the curse, and then we win four in a row in Vegas. That's the you that's know? the key. Okay, hey, you might be onto something here. I maybe that's maybe that's the go, and just hope that that breaks <laughs> the curse. This is the least realistic one of all because we both know that GC is going to split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's less realistic. Than you or I becoming the head coach of a Division One basketball program. It is, yeah. I I'm more likely to be that than the Lopes to not split. <laughs> You're more likely to be a pirate than I am. I yeah. yeah than the Lopes not splitting. Correct. That's too funny. So are you yeah, watching on the static TV or are you going yeah, to St. No, George? I'm, I'm I'm watching on the static TV. Although although I I would I do think visiting St. George would be cool. Like I'm sure that would be a blast. St. George um, is pretty sweet. Like sometime when I have like the time and money for this, which I don't know that it'll ever actually happen. I would like to go see every whack stadium. Oh I yeah. It'd be really cool. Um, be cool. And I also have, I have one of my, one of my good friends went to Southern Utah <laughs> and he's actually like lives out there. He's a band teacher. And so I would, uh, nice. uh, I'd probably check in with him. Right on. But, hey, are you going to be kicking back and, and putting down some natty lights? 
<laughs> I get a water. <laughs> I get a water. So I'm mixing a water. Sorry, taps broken. Oh, oh ice cream machine broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our water machine's broken. <laughs> the sink, the sink's broken. Oh my gosh, uh, our Brita filter is broken. Yes. <laughs> it's a Brita filter. Yeah, we just forgot to change the filter, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Hey Zach, do you know what time it is? Faucet, though. What, what time is it? <laughs> I guess it's faucet sucking time. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I, okay, just audience, just know Connor and I. We're we are it is it is nine fifty two. I just hosted an award ceremony, and Zach's been waiting for me. <laughs> we are not in a mental state. To record this podcast, but we're doing it anyways, Lopes Nation. Do you know what faucet sucking makes me think of? No. That episode of Parks and Rec where they have to think of a way to get people to stop sticking their whole mouth around the the mouth guard <laughs> on, on the water fountains. <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen that show in forever. Ryan and I watched that like three separate times last year. Oh man. It was pretty awesome. Do you know what time it is, Zach? Uh it's trivia time. It is trivia time. Okay. You're currently eight and four on the season. I am five and seven. An abysmal record. I am very disappointed in. Do you want to start off with the first question of the night? Yeah. Mine's kind of goofy, but I, I, I like love it. Goofy. So we're playing Utah Tech this week. Okay. Um and the thing about Utah Tech, they're they're one of the newer Division One teams. But we actually have a bit of a storied history with Utah Tech. We've played them a lot. Okay. We've played them more than 20 times, as a matter okay. of fact. Um, so my question is, in the history of GCU and Utah Tech, what is the longest winning streak by either team? In the storied rivalry that is Grand Canyon and Utah Tech. You know what's funny is I should know this because I kind of went the same direction with my question. Really? Oh, man. I was looking back at GCU history against certain opponents or whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do not know the answer to that question. How many games total have we played? We've played 21. The longest win streak is what you're asking. The longest win streak by either team. 21 games have been played. Shoot, dude. Can I ask what the winning percentage against Utah Tech is? Yeah, it's not good. We are eight and thirteen. We they 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 kind of owned us. <laughs> We're uh, Utah Tech has a seven game win streak against us. You're close. It's five. Okay. They was it was actually the first five. Our first five meetings, they won. They did win seven out of those first eight. Got you. But yeah, they kind of owned us. For a while, and now we've won four out of the last five, but um, and we're currently on a two-game winning streak. But yeah, golly gee, this is our longest winning streak. We're tied for the third time for our longest winning streak against Utah Tech with two. So it's it's only it's only fitting that uh, we don't carry that to three. But you never know. That's funny. Yeah. Well, um, I am on a slide of catastrophic proportions right now. Jeez, dude. I'm at five and eight. All right, here you go. Questions. Here's your yeah. question. Since joining the WAC, GCU fans have considered New Mexico State our rival, much to the irritation of the Aggie faithful everywhere. 
Unfortunately, the two teams have played their final game as whack foes. GCU is now lacking a rival. Yeah. However, there are two teams that GCU has played more games against than any other squads. Like a significant margin. Can you name the two teams? Presumably they're whack teams. I will not answer that question. Oh, oh, so you're saying like there there could be like a new rival that isn't a whack team? Yes, there there Whoa. is there are two teams that GCU has played a significant amount more games than any other schools. They could be whack teams. They could not be whack teams. All right, let me think. Let me think. They could be division one teams. They could not be oh. division one teams. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. If you're saying potential rivals, uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not, not, I'm not a, actually saying okay. potential like, rivals. I'm just saying non D one rival. <laughs> when it when it comes to when it comes to teams that GCU has had a rivalry with or a storied history with, there sure. are two teams that fit the bill. Okay, I'm not saying that they need to become yeah. our rivals, but the obvious ones that come to mind to me are the other two wax schools that have been around forever, Seattle and Utah Valley. Okay. Um but genuinely, I can't think of like of like anyone else. So I guess I'll just guess Seattle, Seattle U and Utah Valley. So neither of those are correct. Oh my gosh. All right, let's hear it. One of the teams is a wax school. And one of the teams is not a Division One school, okay? Okay, well, yeah. Okay. I'll give you a little bit of perspective here. The third highest amount of games that GCU has played against somebody is Cal State University Dominguez Hills. Yeah. They've okay. played them 53 times. So this isn't actually one of the schools, though, okay? All right. GCU has played more games against Western New Mexico than any other school. They have played oh. 78 games. We do play them every year still. Like I, no. I want to say we still play them every year. No, We play Eastern New Mexico frequently. Oh, you're right. You're the last right. time we played Western New Mexico was 2013. Well, they're closer. So, so you've got a out. point there, dude. Send them on down. So this is actually crazy. GCU has played 78 games against Western New Mexico. The current record between the two schools for GCU is 41 and 37, 52.6% winning percentage. Okay. The second highest amount of times GCU has played against any other team is 75 games with California Baptist university. Yeah, that's good. Now on the flip side, GCU their record against Cal Baptist, an astonishing 64 and 11. An 85.3 yeah. winning percentage. That, Another that's crazy the thing. new rival. I'm going to just say it. That, I, I, agree. I think that will be the new rival. Absolutely. I think but here's the thing. How can you consider it a rivalry? Our winning percentage against Cal Baptist is far better than New Mexico State's was against us. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that it is a rivalry right now, but I, I can certainly see it becoming one. I'm I'm with you there. Hey, guess what our fourth most played opponent is? Is it Chicago State? No. I don't know. It is Southern Utah University. Really? 50, oh. 52. We did look at that, I feel like, earlier that we have. We've played them a lot. Yep. Yeah. 37 and 15 against them. Hey, cool. the fifth most? Northern Arizona. Hey. 48 times. What's crazy is I don't ever remember us playing like 
any time since like I became a student or more recently. Nope. Like not in the last decade, I don't think. I think they played our senior year of high school, maybe junior year. Mm-hmm. Hey, GCU's record against NAU, 16 and 32. I still think, and I've been saying this forever, I still think there should be an in-state round robin every year. Absolutely. I think all four Arizona Division One teams should play each other. Yeah, I'm with you there. Oh. Our next highest played opponent, Cal State Bakersfield. <laughs> 44 yeah. times. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So just a little lot. bit of cool history there. Yeah, that's cool. We have dubbed Cal Baptist officially as the new rival of GCU. We I, hate those yeah. guys. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't go there yet, but I think they're the obvious like one that makes sense. Sure. Sure. You're hey, you're totally right there. Can I just tell you something really funny on this line? Yeah. I, absolutely. Last on the last podcast episode, we talked about the time when you went to the game and you made the sign. The like New Mexico is not a state, and you like you like crop New Mexico out of the, the map. Yeah. Um, I was I'm teaching U.S. history to my sixth graders, and we're talking about like talking about like Theodore Roosevelt and like progressive era and whatnot. And mm-hmm. out of nowhere, like kid just raises his hand and he goes, "Is Wisconsin a state?" <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah." And apparently, like the kids, this was like a reference to something that had happened in another class where like. It came up. A kid brought up. There was. It's funny. It's the same girl that we talked about last episode who owned me at Bump Out, whose like parents are like big basketball fans. She was like, "Yeah." She was just saying Wisconsin's not a state because she hates the Green Bay Packers, and so she just like says Wisconsin's not a state because it's like funny. She hates the Packers, <laughs> and I was like, "That's pretty funny." And so I, I thought like she would enjoy this story. So I was like, "Hey, one time in college, like we used to say a similar thing." So like, and I told her story. I was like, "With GCU." Our big rival was New Mexico State. And so, like, we used to say, like, New Mexico is not a state. And they were just like, but New Mexico is a state. And I was like, I know. That's what's funny. <laughs> I know. And they were like, they were like losing their mind. And then this one girl goes, wait a minute. Is New Mexico State the Lobos? And I was like, Close. I was like, no, that's New Mexico. Like, that's University of New Mexico, not New Mexico State. And she was like, okay, my parents love the Lobos. Like, I was born there. Like, they went there. Okay. And I was like, okay. And I was like, so it sounds like we both hate New Mexico State. <laughs> like, <laughs> she was like, and she was like, yeah. And I was like, you're awesome. And then we just like moved on with history class. But that was a cool, cool moment. So. Yeah. All my homies hate the Aggies. <laughs> I'm, I'm training these sixth graders up right. All my homies hate the Aggies. Yeah. That's so funny. You want to move into previews for the week? Yeah. All right. We got Southern Utah on the road on Wednesday, which is today. Which is They're today. Over- that is today. Yeah. Hey, guess what else is today? What? March 1st. Hey. You know what that means? No. It means it's rent. March. It means I have to pay rent. <laughs> Thanks for reminding that's, me. You know, I, that's true. Yeah. You know what else that means, though? Uh, it's March. It is And March, the NCAA tournament not... starts this Soon. month. It does. We'll have it's... a bracket in like yeah. oh li- less than two weeks. That's remarkable. Conference oh. tournaments are already are already going strong. We had several, several games in action. Yeah. The last couple of days, it's been... It's been really great. You know what else it means, though, Zach? What does it mean? Ted Lasso th- season three comes out in fifteen yep. days. Yeah, on the fifteenth. Dude, oh yeah. man, I'm so excited. That show's really good. All right, 
let's move on to Southern Utah then. We're playing them tonight. Their overall record is 19 and 10. Their notable win in the non-conference, and I say win because it's singular, they won um, in a neutral site against Ken Palm 120 Cal State Fullerton. However, they also had a close 82 to 76 loss at number seven Kansas, which regardless of whether it's a win or a loss, that's a really good result against a, a, you know, big 12 powerhouse, you know, defending national champion Kansas. Their conference record is 11 and five. They have some notable conference wins. I'm not going to list all 11 of their wins, but they did win versus Sam Houston state versus Stephen F. Austin and versus Utah Valley. I wouldn't say they have any remarkable road conference wins. They are 12 and one at home. That is concerning. They score 83.3 points per game. They go 46.9% from the field, 35% from three. They snatch 38.9 rebounds per game, 28.5% of which are offensive boards. Their best Ken Palm component, shockingly, they are eighth in the nation in free throw attempt to field goal attempt percentage, which means, as we all know, they get to the line a lot. Thank you, WAC refs. Hey, can we just talk about that stat for a sec? Yeah, hit me up, bro. Okay. We consistently on this podcast complain and say, like, WAC refs call a lot of fouls. We've br- and we brought this up several times, and I didn't make the correlation because I'm a fool. This is the data point. We keep saying, man, it seems like all these WAC teams have a really high st- – like, that's their highest stat. Yeah. What this stat measures is it is a calculation. The, the algorithm is number of free throw attempts – divided by number of field goal attempts. So essentially the ratio of free throws to field goals you shoot determines this stat. And yep. wax schools are by far the highest in the country. Tarleton State is the number one team in the country in this stat. They're a wax school. UTRGV is number two in the state. The They're state a wax country. They're, They're also a wax school. school. A&M is three, and then Texas A&M, that is. And then Utah Tech is four. Three of the top four teams in the country are WAC schools. schools. (laughs) Four in the top ten. Every WAC school is in the top 60. This is is a testament to just how ridiculous WAC officiating is. And so I I mean this to say, right, um, it sometimes can come across as like, yeah, we're just complaining about the refs or whatever. Like people are always complaining about the refs. It's not from a perspective of I'm like mad that the refs are like making my team lose or anything like that. It genuinely is. These are not like the quality of these games are terrible because of how many fouls are called. And this so stat is like a perfect, like a perfect explanation of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Their worst component though. They are 274th in the nation in offensive turnover percentage. Great. A little concerning for them. A key player, Tavian Jones, is a six foot seven, 197 pound senior guard. He's averaging 18.3 points per game on 40.3% from the field and 37.2 from three. He's also averaging 4.4 boards per game. GCU is a six-point dog in this game. Zachary Cecil. Yeah. 
how you feeling about the line? I don't know. I feel pretty good. I guess like the lobes are just really unpredictable. So I think what I would do if I were a betting man, and I am, I am a betting man. This is just so hard. I do <laughs> think I do think I would pick us to cover six, but not win. I don't really see the Lopes getting blown out in this game, although it's certainly possible. It just kind of seems like for whatever reason, when the Lopes play better, to, like the Lopes are full of surprises. And the downside of that is stuff like losing to Tarleton and RGV. But the upside of that is winning at uh, winning at Sam Houston State. So I, I think that this could be another one of those, not to say like, yeah, we're going to win because we won at Sam Houston State, right? Obviously, we we have a lot of bad losses since then, and we we kind of look not great. But I, I do think it's reasonable to say we we can win this game or um, we can do a classic Lopes thing and lose a really close one. But I, I do think covering six is pretty reasonable. But again, like, it's just tough. I would take us to cover six. And then depending on what happens in the first game, I would bet the exact opposite. I would bet my house <laughs> on the opposite thing to happen in the second game, which were also one point dogs in. So that's what I would, that's how I would hedge my money, right? Whether I win or lose, I can rest easy knowing that I would just bet the opposite money line for the second game. If we win, I'm throwing the house on Utah tech to beat us. And if we lose, I'm betting the house on GCU to win. And that game's basically a pick them. So Hedge your bets by slamming the money line, slamming the split. Sure. If I were a betting man, which I'm actually not, I would say GCU does not cover six, and I think that Southern Utah actually wins this game by double digits. Mm. I don't have faith in the Lopes defensively at the moment. I absolutely do not have faith in them offensively. And with it being on the road against Southern Utah, who is a team that is like we said, twelve and one at home. I, there's absolutely not a single confident bone in my body for this game. Now, like you said, GCU is full of surprises, but you know what? I I, I just I'm I'm not gonna. If I were to put some money on this, I would not put it on GCU being a surprise winner or even a cover of six. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's very reasonable. Okay. Let's preview Utah Tech really quick. Their yeah. overall record, they are 12 and 17. Their notable win is against 120 Cal State Fullerton. So Fullerton has lost to both Southern Utah and Utah Tech on neutral courts. Utah Tech's conference record is 4 and 12. Their conference wins come against UTRGV at home, New Mexico State at home. Ken Palm 102 Southern Utah at home and then at UTRGV. They are eight and four at home scoring 75.4 points per game. They are 55.4% from the field overall 38.1 from three. They grab 34.1 rebounds per game. 29% of which are offensive boards. Their best Ken Palm component they are fourth in the nation in whack refs be calling fouls. Their worst component. <laughs> uh, Their worst component. They are 350. What the heck did I write down here? I have 350 thirst. <laughs> 353 in the nation in opponents three point percentage. That is so funny. Hey, that 
really scares me. Why? Because GCU is gonna just jack up three jack ups. Yeah, because garbage. no, I I do I do think that it's true that like they are really bad at defending the three, but generally speaking, I the Lopes do not do well when they get sucked into that. We're just gonna shoot a billion three pointers game. Now, granted, like this is like one of the worst teams in the entire country at defending the three. So I guess if there's ever a game to like settle into just jacking up 23s, like it's this one, but like, I just, I don't love that style of play for us. I don't think that's our game. So I don't, I I don't want us to fall into the trap of this team can't defend the three. We're just going to shoot 35 of them. Keep in Um, mind, dude, GCU is 87th in the nation in three point percentage and 241st in the nation in two point percentage. That's true. We we're not a bad three point shooting team, but the the, the thing is like we're a it's good the flow of the game, team. yeah. Because we we take ten really good threes, but we do have nights where we take twenty five threes where only ten of them are good, and and those are the games that we need to like try to crack down on. But I, I could see us getting baited into that. I feel pretty decent about it. On the other side of the coin, Utah Tech is nineteenth in the nation in their own three point percentage. Are um, you serious? So, Oh yeah, they're Jeez, really good. Bro. They're shooting thirty-seven and a half percent from three. All right, That's uh, so they're they're incredible from three. And another stat that scares me is they're twelfth in the country in defensive non-steal turnover percentage. They force eleven and a half non-steal turnovers a game. And GCU has been prone to getting some pretty stupid turnovers. We turn the ball over a lot, and so that that paired with them shooting the three at a really high rate and them defending the three at a really poor rate might mean that this game is a shootout. And it just is like, a, it's a, it might mean the game's a track meet. And yeah, I do kind of think the loaves excel in that environment. So we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see what that brings, but I, I do like a track meet for us, but we, we have to limit turnovers and we have to be, not not to say we shouldn't shoot a lot of threes, right? If if they're if they're really bad at defending them, and we have a lot of open threes. I guess that's fine. But we need to to be smart about our shot selection. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, last time we played, we got pummeled inside, and we did not have Yo in that game. And I think Yo actually makes a massive difference in this game when it comes to interior defense. I just remember. Aiden Gahan getting pummeled on the inside to the point where Noah Bauman actually came in, had to defend on the inside. And then Gabe McLaughlin also did some of that um, interior defense on the flip side, GCU. We, we already said that they turn the ball over at a significant rate. Their turnover percentage on offense is 19.1, but they also log 10.1 non-steal turnovers per game. Or sorry, that's their non-steal turnover percentage. Mm-hmm. That that comes out to 291st in the nation. So you pair that with Utah Tech forcing a, a ton of non-steal turnovers, and this could be the perfect storm for Utah Tech. However, yeah. with the addition of Y.O. in this game, I'm actually pretty confident. Me too. Now, GCU is a one-point dog in this game, according to Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. But as we know, the it all result, depends on it all depends on what happens on Wednesday. Yeah, the result of this game will be the opposite of what happens Wednesday. But I, I do think like I, I do like the lobes in this one. Um, one of the things to note, like you said, they they're kind of their two main guys 
uh, are Isaiah Pope and Cameron Gooden. Those guys can straight up shoot the three ball. Yeah. Isaiah Pope, Cameron Gooden are both top 100 in the country players at three point percentage. They're both shooting at around 42%, which is mm-hmm. bonkers. Yeah. Um, but the, the key for me is like, obviously those two are going to shoot a lot of threes. We have to stay on them. No, for the most part, they've been getting open looks all season long and they're, they're just really incredible. The last time we played this team, Tanner Christensen, who's their six ten big man. Yep. Went off for 21 against us. That was his second highest scoring performance of the season. So if YO can mitigate that a little bit, then all the more pressure is going to be on Pope and Gooden to go ballistic. And I think that's what it's going to take. And not to say they can't do it, because obviously both of these guys have showed like these guys are certified shooters. Like these guys are great shooters, but we got to contain Christensen and force them like if Pope and Gooden both make five threes, then I guess we lose. But like, that's just the way it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. I'm not overly impressed with this team. They do. They do show up as 181st in the nation in Ken Palm. I would say that's probably pretty high. So they, they should be happy with that ranking. Yeah. But I, I just, I, if GCU loses this game, I think it's cause for serious concern. Even if it's on the road against an inferior opponent, I'm with you there. I think the fact that we're dogs in this game in the first place is tough. I mean, like I get it. No, I think it's right because of how we've been playing. But I think it's tragic Fair. that we've been playing like that. Um, we got to take this. We got to take it one day at a time. Absolutely. We got to deal with Southern Utah, and then we got to deal with Utah Tech. Yeah. Um. We we need just like for my own sanity. We need to just win both. See, I don't I'm think we're with gonna you. do it. See, I'm I with you, Zach, but I have absolutely zero confidence in the Southern Utah game. I wouldn't say I have I would not say that I have zero confidence, but I like I, I agree that it I think it's Ken Palm has it as 31% chance for the Lopes to win. And I think I'm there. I think I'm 30% confident the Lopes beat Southern Utah. See, yeah. Remember when we played Sam Houston State and it was a 12% chance that we win that game on uh-huh. ESPN? And I said that's probably right. And then we won. I felt more confident about, about beating Sam Houston State than I feel about beating Southern Utah. Oh, I don't. I felt like there's no chance we we're gonna win that basketball game. Dude, then, yeah. we hadn't we hadn't split every single yeah we every single week yet. that we played up to that. Well, point. that was also the first game. So like that was the first game of the week. Yeah. Because remember, then after we won that, we thought like, oh, well, if we won this one, we'll beat Stephen F. Austin for sure. That's actually that was that was the first weekend. That was the we, first week we, it was the we first began week of, to notice of two games yep. because we played Cal Baptist then just as one game. And yep. then we had we beat Sam Houston. We lost to Stephen F. Austin and then we split every series for the entire season since then. Yep. This is the last weekend, the last chance. We got to we got to we got to break it. Got to break the curse. Yeah. You got anything else related to these two games, Zach? Tevion Jones of Southern Utah is crazy. We got to control mm-hmm. him. And then I think the key in Utah Tech is just you got to control Christensen and make make the other guards beat you. Sure. Let's move into around the whack. I'll start with the Kimball. So tonight, Wednesday night, the Vaqueros of UT Rio Grande Valley will have a chance to defend their Kimball title and retain it until next season, as this is the only game they play. They'll be traveling to Riverside to face the Lancers of Cal Baptist. Zach, I know you answered it on Tuesday's episode, but will they retain the Kimball? UTRGV at Cal Baptist? Yeah. 
Yeah, I just don't trust RGV, and generally speaking, home teams look pretty good this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cal Baptist, but I like anything. Nothing would surprise me. Yep. Alrighty, I'm I'm kind of with you there. Cal Baptist on on their home court. I think that's a pretty much lock against UTRGV. Although that's what I thought about GCU at home <laughs> against UTRGV, the fighting Dimas adores. All right, what okay. else is going on around the wag Zach? All right, there's three there's three things to look at. Okay. There's there's three different narratives that are there's three different storylines going on. And those storylines are who is going to get the one seed? Utah Valley and Sam Houston are very close. So Utah, is Utah Valley, Valley has, still in the one spot. Utah Valley is the one spot. They have 6.29. Sam Houston has 6.12. It is very close on Wednesday. Sam Houston plays on the road at Stephen F. Austin, where they are one-point dogs. Utah Valley hosts UT Arlington. And then on Friday, Sam Houston hosts Abilene. Utah Valley hosts Stephen F. Austin. By nature of the strength of schedule there, I think if both teams win out, I honestly think Sam Houston will jump Utah Valley. Just because that win at Stephen F. Austin is going to be so much more significant than, like... Utah Valley's win at home against Stephen F. Austin, and they're both outside of those games. They both have a home game against not very good teams. Sure, like I think both of like if you compare Sam Houston's home game against Abilene Christian is a better game than Utah Valley's home game against UT Arlington, and Sam Houston's away game at Stephen F. Austin is a much greater game than Utah Valley's home game against Stephen F. Austin. So if they win both games, I think that will move them up enough to jump Utah Valley. But we'll have to see. Um, but that's both of those teams, that's one to keep an eye on. Looking down in the rankings, we have a very similar spot for the three and the four. Southern Utah is at 3.30. Seattle U is at 3.25. Those teams are essentially like neck and neck. Both of these teams have some big games coming up. On Wednesday, GCU GCU plays at Southern Utah. Obviously, that's one that we want to win. That would be pretty damning for Southern Utah's resume. They would almost certainly drop to the four seed and Seattle would jump them. Seattle, though, on Wednesday has to play at Utah Tech where they're one one and a half point dogs. So, like, you know, road games are tough. That that could be really hard. And then on Friday, Seattle hosts Arlington and Southern Utah hosts Cal Baptist. And both of those games should be pretty safe. But these two Wednesday games might be really big for these two teams GCU, it's funny, regardless of whether or not we win or lose, I actually think we're setting ourselves up to play Southern Utah in the second round. Just because um, of the way that we would both move? Yeah, which which looks at the other situation, which is the 5-6, which is Stephen F. Austin and GCU. Stephen F. Austin has a really hard schedule, which is they're hosting Sam Houston on Wednesday, mm-hmm. which they are only one-point favorites in, and then they're going to Utah Valley on Friday. And so if they lose both and GCU splits, I can see GCU jumping them. But what that might mean is if GCU beats Southern Utah, we go up to the five and Southern Utah goes down to the four. But if we lose, we stay at the six and Southern Utah stays at the three, which means like either way, it's it's likely that we will play them in the second round. If we stay at the six seed as of right now are, and I don't think these lower teams, I don't think they're going to move. Like I think, Arlington is the Arlington is the 12. There's no question about that. Utah Tech is the 11. The only thing is RGV is the 10. Abilene's the nine. Maybe they could move, but probably not. So I think if we end up getting the five, 
we will play Arlington. If we stay in the sixth, we will play Utah Tech. That's pretty confirmed as far as our first round game, which makes this Utah Tech game even more important, right? We could be playing them in the first round of Vegas. It is but interesting. That's what I, that's what I have on the whack. Those are the narratives to keep an eye on as we look at the last week of action. It's all about the ups and downs of that Wimmers, dude. Yeah, the epic highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> Do you know what that reference is from? No, actually. Oh, oh, is that from your uh, your favorite show about fantasy football? Or is that no, 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 no. What is that? That is from Riverdale. Yeah, dude, I do not. And watch I, that. I, me neither. I don't watch Riverdale either. But there is a scene that has kind of gone viral as like the stupidest scene ever. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know like the premise, but this, it is like it's so ridiculous that it's hilarious and it's kind of this meme. They're like somehow like the characters in like juvie or something. He's like in the juvie yard, One and he's like start out. And it's like I don't know like, how he got there. He's like in the juvie yard, and they're like they're like organizing like a football team or whatever, and right. like. And he like and one of the guys is like, yeah, I never played football or whatever. And like the guy was like, you never played football. And the guy goes off to tell him this like sad story of like, I didn't play football because like all of these like really sad things about his life. Like, this is why I couldn't play football. And then the main character responds of like, like, then you understand the epic highs and lows of high school football. And it was just like it was just like the most ridiculous thing ever on television. And uh, like. Like so, that clip kind of just went viral. Like, listen how stupid this is. Like, this show is jumping the shark. Um, but that's kind of like a, a meme. Like, you finally understand the epic highs and lows of high school football. It's pretty good. Not gonna lie. <laughs> My last note. I just sent yeah. you a tweet from Ken Pomeroy. Yeah. Bellerman. Yes, they lost tonight. And by the way, dude, it is currently March first on the East Coast. Yeah. Hey. Whoa. What's up, man? March Madness, here we come. Hey, so Bellarmine just lost out. Their season is over, but they did set a record this season. Their opponents, I guess three-point attempt to two-point attempt percentage, they shot 52% of their shots from three-point range, which is a NCAA record. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. Even in losing, that is a very interesting program. Yeah, very interesting program. Good, a lot of good stuff going on in that in that conference. I think they'll be in good hands when Liberty leaves. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I guess that concludes tonight's episode. Next episode, we will be recapping the games that we just previewed. But then after that, we'll be previewing the WAC tournament. So, just keep your eyes out for that. Last thought: Go ahead and head on over to biggerthanbasketball.co. Use code Coach K in the checkout when you get yourself some awesome basketball merch. Get 10% off your order. Remember, that company, every $100 worth of sales, they send a basketball to Hoops for Kids organization. Otherwise, you'll be hearing from us on Monday next week. Go ahead and cheer the lopes on. Maybe take a little drive up to Southern Utah. Watch a couple of basketball games. Cheer those boys on. They definitely need it. we got to break that curse, baby. Other than that, Lopes up. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes out the blaster for three. Good! Harrison. Up high. Put back by the corner. Push back out. Harrison quickly to the clock and drives baseline. Barrel. No doubt about it. Oh, Barry, you bounced out of your seat on that. I knew it with a big right hand. Give the Lopes a three-point advantage.
I'm eating Jolly Ranchers, right? Make me no blue raspberry, dog. 